Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's Bullseye. Time now for a segment that we call the craziest day of my entire career, where we let some of our favorite people tell us the wildest stories from their long careers in show business. Next up, Tim Heidecker. Tim is, of course, half of the very funny comedy duo Tim and Eric, a partnership that has spawned four television shows, countless tours, and a feature film. Also, this song, which they proposed as a commercial jingle for Rolos. Rolo Tony Brown Town. Check yourself at the door. Give me some more, give me some more, give me some more of your Rolos. Tim has also kept himself busy with other pursuits. As an actor, he appeared in Bridesmaids and Jordan Peele's Us, among others. He also hosts Adult Swim's On Cinema at the Cinema, alongside Greg Turkington. It's ostensibly a movie review show where he and Greg play kind of a low-budget, fictionalized version of themselves, reviewing the week's latest movies. Only in its 11 seasons, Tim has nearly killed himself with New Age medicine, overdosed on nutritional vaping systems, performed in corny rock and electronic music acts, and done all kinds of other crazy stuff. His character is also the star and creator of another show called Decker, kind of a 24-style spy thriller with a much lower budget. You'll hear more about that later. Most recently, on On Cinema... Tim ran for district attorney in the county of San Bernardino, California. That campaign is the subject of the new movie Mr. America. In it, Tim dons a schlubby suit and solicits real people to vote for a bizarre, somewhat reactionary, ultimately doomed campaign. I'm coming out here talking to voters. Oh, okay, for DA. Yes, for district attorney. I've said that three times now. When we asked Tim about the craziest day of his career... He took us back a few years, almost three, to be exact. Take it away, Tim. Hi, this is Tim Heidecker, and this is the craziest day of my entire career. The day I'm thinking of begins the night before. It is uh, November 8th, 2016. We're shooting a television show called Decker. It's a political satire action show from the On Cinema universe where I play Jack Decker, who's basically sort of a cartoon character of a right-wing Trump-supporting with a little bit of uh, Steven Seagal and Chuck Norris thrown in there. We uh, are following the election quite closely. Everybody in the country, of course, is kind of wondering what's going to happen. And we were a bit terrified of Donald Trump becoming elected and had spent the good part of the year kind of satirizing and lampooning him, and but also, you know, recognizing him as a complete joke and a horrible guy. Do you want to save this country or not? I'm sorry, Decker, but my hands are tied. All right. We're going to be doing this the hard way then. And as the day was getting done, you know, we're still trying to stay focused on the job, but we were watching the news, and as the day was coming to an end, the polls were starting to go a different way, or sort of the news was starting to go a little bit of a different way, and we all kind of left for the night and said, see you tomorrow, and everybody had this look on their face like, I'm going to get home. I need to get home and be with my family right now. We weren't sure. I wasn't sure what was going on. I went to my friend's house, 
and we watched as things sort of just went the other way. And, you know, within about an hour after leaving the set, he had basically won a couple hours later. It was very shocking and very scary. And I uh, went to sleep and I remember waking up in the middle of the night and sobbing. I haven't cried in a long time. I don't know why I need to <laughs> make that distinction to the audience. I don't cry, but I cried that night. But no, I did. I woke up crying and then I went back to sleep and I, the next day went into work. And that, that day we were shooting, and I promise you, and I do not make this up, it was on the schedule. It had been on the schedule for a few weeks. Was uh, Jack Decker? It was set in the future, and Jack Decker had become the president of the United States. And the first scene uh, of the day was Jack Decker in the Oval Office, with his feet up on the desk, with a e cigar, because it was the future, and we had a you know fake uh, thing where he was sitting up there smoking a cigar with his feet up on the desk and barking orders to his assistant. Our first order of business will be to eliminate the EPA and all federal organizations that have been strangling small business all these years. We must also rebuild the military, make us the great power that we should be. The era of Davidson's big government is over. The way Jack Decker and Trump kind of intersect is a very simplistic, nationalistic, xenophobic point of view of the world, which is very simple and direct. And he is right every single time. There's no room for negotiation. There's no room for compromise or nuance. One technique we do when we sh make the show is we write a script, but I quickly forget it and don't memorize it. And so what happens is I try to remember what I'm supposed to say, which creates a lot of um and, and repeating. And this thing that Trump does, which is he can't pause. He can't wait for a thought to come. He has to continue to create sounds out of his mouth. Decker, what does it say? One of these plans, plans to, has a plan for them to blow up the World Trade, the uh, Super Bowl. We devised a system where I would have cue cards made of the lines and we put them far enough away so that I had to squint and I had to struggle to read what was on the um, words. And then some words you, you know, if it says uh, words, I would say words. And that's another thing Trump does when he's giving his speeches, when he's reading from teleprompters, which he does very often. It, there's this appearance of him reading it for the first time in front of an audience, you know, that he has not reviewed the document that is being read. Well, son of Dracula, it's been nice knowing you, but I'm afraid your time has come to an end. My father once told me that you were the future, but in fact, it is America that is the future. And <clears throat> so, son of Dracula, with the push of this nuclear button, your reign of terror will come, officially comes to an end. Yeah, in the moment where I'm sitting there, it's probably 9 a.m. on a Wednesday in a kind of ratty soundstage with an Oval Office desk and a, an American flag and the rest of it being green screen because it's such a cheap show. I tell this story for this segment because it is those moments in life where you are completely aware of how you will remember this moment for a long time. And it's a significant moment in your life and in the country's life. You know, 9-11 would be the other example in my life because I was in New York and I saw that go down, literally. Um, you know, there was like, oh, wow, I'm 
this is one of those uh, moments where we talk about the uh, simulation being a little too canny, a little too on the nose. We're like, oh, really? Programmers, you've got me playing the president on this day, the person I'm making fun of, like that just happened to be how things go. It was very self-aware of how kind of nutty the situation was. You have to understand it's a small show, it's a small crew. We're all very close, also incredibly uh, creative, artistic, young men and women. And a lot of women that were very, very uh, shaken and upset. And a few of them, uh, our costume designer came in, was crying. She came over and, um, you know, we had a hug and I said, you know, well, you know, I, I tried to, I was just trying to put it out of the room a little bit and not focus too much on it because we had a, a job to do that day. But, you know, it was in the room and everybody was just like, shocked and scared because, you know, there seemed to be real consequences to this now. You know, there was now a guy who was promising to do all sorts of, of stuff that was going to potentially affect a lot of these people's lives. And um, not one to give speeches, but there I was sitting behind the Oval Office, uh, dressed up as Jack Decker, and I could tell that there was no way we were going to get into this day without at least kind of cleansing the room or something. And so I kind of gave this little motivational speech, choking back tears, and just saying, you know, I know I feel the same way as you guys do. I'm really upset and I'm scared uh, in a lot of ways and uh, disappointed. But our job in the past few weeks and going forward and today is to make fun of this mother you know, and goof on the insanity of it and satirize it and and go hard on it and try to do it in an entertaining way. But we kind of rallied everybody up and said, we're actually here to do this thing uh, in direct reaction to the uh, many of the things he said and, and what he's potentially planning on doing. We had a nice big clap and a team <laughs> moving. Let's, let's move forward and get through this day. And we got through the day. And I think I was proud to have at least kind of recognized a moment to not just kind of ignore the moment, but to acknowledge it and do something about it. Luckily, everything turned out great. And we're, you know, I was completely wrong and everything's going so well that I can't, <laughs> I have to look back with much regret that we ever shed any tears. Tim Heidecker on the craziest day of his entire career. His new movie, Mr. America, is available to rent or download on pretty much any platform. You can check it out there. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is produced at MaximumFun.org headquarters overlooking MacArthur Park in beautiful Los Angeles, California, where uh, my producer Kevin saw a kid take a giant palm frond that was on the ground and throw it in the trash, helping to keep our park beautiful. What's the generation after millennials called? I don't remember, but they're good folks. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones, 
Our producer is Kevin Ferguson. Jesus Ambrosio is our associate producer. We get help from Casey O'Brien. Our production fellows are Jordan Cowling and Melissa Duenas. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team, thanks to them and their label Memphis Industries for letting us use it. And there are nearly 20 years of Bullseye and Sound of Young America interviews available for free on our website at MaximumFun.org. Uh, You can also find many of them in your favorite podcast app by subscribing to Bullseye. I recommend, for example, the time Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim came on uh, the show. This was back when I used to tape it in my apartment, and they just wanted to talk about jazz. Just talked about jazz the whole time. It was a lot of fun. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. You can keep up with the show there, and I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.